This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Kim Grinolds of Dogman.com at Husky Stadium. Post-practice Wednesday, coaches made available today as all of the players' school started today. Most of them have classes, so for those out of town, absolutely glorious day up here in Seattle. Temperature in the 60s and just blue skies. Absolutely gorgeous day for the start of school at University of Washington. Myself, Scott Eklund, had a chance to talk to Akaika Malloy, and he's talking about his young guys, how they're progressing. Jordan Powpow talked about depth. And Culp and how he's progressing. Jimmy Lake talked about Keith Taylor not having an interception for a while, and sounds like he's got something a little in the plans in the works for uh, Keith Taylor. Bush Hamden talked about the challenges USC's defense has proposed, and Keith Bonifa talks about Sean McGrew. Yards after contact, and Sean's got quite a bit better at that. All that and more. Take a listen. It's the guys from dogman.com. Akaika Malloy. Everybody that's on your group is bigger than you, Akaika. Yeah, that's a good thing, I think. <laughs> uh, trying to get them as big as we can. So um, excited to see these guys play this week, man. It's uh, It'll be a big game for us. Obviously, you can see the depth with USC being, uh, you think they might be down in terms of quarterback, but for me, it just shows how deep they are uh, because of the it, the level really never drops off. This is going to be our biggest challenge for sure. Uh, as le- athletic as they are, uh, our technique our experience, I think everything will be challenged this week. How are your young guys coming along? Great. I think they're developing pretty good. And now they're getting the game experience um, under their belts. Um, but this will be different, for sure. And the good thing is we'll have our crowd behind us, and I expect this to be loud, something that they're comfortable with, getting them going in terms of emotional. But uh, like I said, their technique for sure will be tested this week. From what you've seen, how much different is USC right now than what you faced against Washington State the past few years? I think, you know, they're playing well. You know, they got three receivers that I think are, are first-round draft picks, you know, and I think the momentum, it's all about momentum. It doesn't matter what they did in, in the past games. All that matters is what they did against Utah, which I hold Utah's defense in a high standard. Uh, so to see them and how they compete against that team, um, you know, be something for us to face this week. What was it like going on the road for the first time this year? It was good. You know, again, for how young this team is, it was good for them to learn how to carry themselves how to carry the flag when we're on the road and then just to compete and finish all four quarters. I thought they did a good job with that and hopefully carry momentum to this week. Losing Joe Tryon, how much does that impact what you did? Oh, it, it impacts us, you know, just missing him for whatever time it is, the half, you know, and, and really just us emphasizing the strike zone. You know, we work on that week in, week out, and, and for him to just one slip up, you know, it means a lot to us because we pride ourselves on trying to get this technique right. You know, we are a team that takes the helmet out of it and, and a shorter tackling team. So for one guy to go down because of those things, you know, we feel you know, that's a coaching issue that we've got to correct. 
What do you want to see from the younger guys as they take the next step? Technique, you know, as, as flawless as we can. You know, I think the energy will be there. Obviously, playing the Trojans, you always come with, with a lot of energy. But for us, it'll be all about mistakes and, and getting things right. The, the people that make the least mistakes will win this game. And, and for us, you know, having young kids out on the field, you know, that'll be an issue. You say technique, but I've seen Sam and Thule mm-hmm. bull rush. How much yeah. technique is there on a bull rush? There is some to it. you know. It, and the thing that I appreciate about them is in them understanding what their strengths are. You know, They're not trying to be an Ariel Nagata out on the field and being cute with their moves. You know, they, they start with the bull rush, and then from there, you know, you'll see some swim moves after that. But if they cannot establish that, being as big as they are, then to me we're actually taking a step backwards for what they have. Tuli was a late flip from USC. Just kind of mm-hmm. that late process. Yeah. What did it mean to get him when you found out that he was going to come to Washington? As the person and player, it was huge because we know that he fit our program. In terms of the recruiting, you know, I think it really had to do with the people that went with him to the Polynesian Bowl. Uh, and him asking those guys questions. I think we had seven guys from Washington at the time at the Polynesian Bowl, and those are the guys that really did the recruiting, you know, and, and he found out that our program fit him a little bit better, and, and I think he's happy right now. How often are, are you guys running into USC for, for some of the same prospects? Ho- hopefully very often. You know, I think yeah. SC traditionally has a has a standard of recruiting at, a, at an elite level, you know, and I, I think that's where we've brought ourselves to this point. You know, so we do want to compete with the USC's, uh, the Alabamas, the Clemsons, you know, we want to be uh, in those in those arenas, you know, and, and I think we're working on that right now. A guy like Thule, who's from California, yep. not not Southern California, but from California, how much how much pull is there for USC, and how, how hard is that for a non-California team to overcome? It's huge. It's it's very hard. You know, SC that'd be like a kid from from Seattle, Washington, you know, and not knowing about University of Washington, and everybody knows about USC and the tradition they have, and sometimes they grow up in that in that mode of the childhood that this is my dream school. Uh, but hopefully right now, what we're at right now is our program, you know, and what the future has to hold for them. I think that's what's helping us in terms of recruiting. Quarterbacks that they have, there, we have two of them we got to get ready for, right? Yeah. We don't know which one it's going to be. I know they throw for a ton of yards. Is there anything else that they bring to the table that brings you worry as a D-line coach? Yeah, d- decision-making t- to me is he does a great job directing the protection mm-hmm. and knowing you know where our pressure is coming from. So that that's hard. It, it's kind of, it, to me, it's like playing Tom Brady. You know, he's kind of got to step up on you. So we got to do a great job with disguises. Now, more importantly, they protect. You know, they got six-man, seven-man protection. So for us to get home with three, four, five-man, you know, I think that'll be the difference. We do have to try to get him off the spot, try to make him as uncomfortable as possible. We got Coach Pow Pow here, and uh, Coach, you know, your guys coming along uh, pretty nicely. It seems like uh, Hunter Bryant has really started getting more involved in the offense than maybe he was at the beginning of the season. Yeah, um, I think Hunter's put together a really, really nice game the last couple weeks. Um, you know, obviously he's getting a lot of notice because he's catching the ball well and, and being able to get vertical and up the field. But I think what's really, really nice about the development of his game is he's blocking a lot more, too. Um, you know, he showed some good physicality and continues to grow in that aspect. That was kind of my next question. You know, what what he always had the willingness uh, is what I've always been told is that he had the willingness to block, but you still have to get better at the technique. Was that kind of where you saw him at? Yeah, I mean, it's it's really ultimately just kind of an ownership and a mentality um, at that point. And I think he's done a nice job of being able to um, take pride in, in blocking as much as he does take pride in catching the football down the field. So it's been cool to see. Um, not asking you to give me a, an update from a health standpoint, but is Jacob Kaiser a guy coming along for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think we are very, very close. Um, and I'm just excited to get an older guy with a lot of experience on the field. Devin Culp, 
uh, kind of misses that block on the on the fake field goal. Granted, Coach Peterson took some ownership; shouldn't have been called anyway. But is that something where you guys kind of get with him in the in the room and, and say, "Hey, this needs to be made"? Yeah, I, I think anytime you know, whether it be a run, a pass, anything like that, we take ownership. Special teams, especially, um, we take ownership in being able to do our job really well. And I think it was a huge, huge, huge moment, you know, for Devin to be able to see um, practice habits carry over to the game. Um, everything moves a little bit faster, so you got to be able to trust technique and. Um, you know, again, uh, I'm still extremely excited about that young kid. It's unfortunate it, it happened that way, but I think it's a great teachable moment for that kid to move on and, and be able to, to learn and, and mature from. Especially as wide open as that, what, where everybody could see it, you know, for the whole world to see. Yeah. Um, is he kind of in the same boat that Hunter was when he showed up where he didn't do a lot of blocking in high school because of the position he played? He didn't really play a true tight end position in high school. Is that kind of the same situation? From a schematic standpoint, sure. I, I I do see a little bit similarities. I think, you know, the, the glaring difference is Devin is a really, really big man. And, um, you know, he, just by body size, you know, he's able to cover up and be able to do some things a little bit better than Hunter did at a young age. But, um, yes, from a growth perspective, there's still a lot of things to be able to work from. And the cool thing is he's got kids like Jake Kaiser and Kate Otten to learn from. see Jack Westover getting in quite a bit um, as like a, I don't want to call him a fullback, but an sure. H-back. Yeah, um, anytime that you have a kid that's that big, that athletic, you find ways to get him on the field. Um, so Jack's done a great job of, you know, being physical and being able to own, you know, his role within the squad. And um, just again, excited to kind of build some things around him as we continue to grow and get a little bit further in the season. How important is it to get a guy like him to walk on to, to your to your program? Oh, the walk-ons a lot of the time, especially quality walk-ons like Jack Westover, are something that we really pride ourselves in. Um, you know, that it's a bonus when they our in-state kids and you know for whatever reason just kind of slip between the cracks but you know for us is we're looking at kids to be able to come and contribute as walk-ons not just spot fillers he he was a guy who was hurt quite a bit in high school if I remember correctly and was more of a basketball guy for a while is that one of the things when you're going out and recruiting guys okay and you know the tight end has to be able to do so many different things especially in Washington's offense is that something you look for is that multi-sport ability and talent yeah absolutely I think it's uh you know one of those things anytime that kid's a basketball player or a wrestler you know kind of what to expect so I think those are nothing but bonuses you know anytime that you're not only recruiting walk-ons but just tight ends in general um but I think what stood out to just about Jack's recruitment is they were all like freak accidents you know it was like unfortunate circumstances that all kind of culminated in the not playing a whole lot of football so I was extremely excited when I got him up to a camp and um, you know he's done nothing but continue to impress since he's been here. Uh, Jimmy Lake. Came with our preparation during the week uh, I think our guys bought into the, to, to the game plan um, at all three levels. The guys have been playing hard every game. I think every game we've progressed from one to four and um, it's just nice for all their hard work to pay off and uh, you know our job is to score get the ball back. We got our second score of the year and hopefully we get uh, plenty more here coming up. Trent McDuffie getting an opportunity, making big plays. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, a young guy that's coming along. I'm so proud of a lot of those young guys, and especially up front, too. I mean, with Taki and Thule, and we've got a bunch of guys, uh, young guys that are that are working hard, and they're seeing um, all the hard work that they're putting in practice pay off in games. What are you seeing from the young secondary that you really like, and then what are you seeing that you really want to get them better by November? Yeah, what I really like is just their attention to detail right now. And, um, you know, they're willing to watch a lot of tape or they, they follow the vets uh, up into my office and Coach Harris' office and they're watching a ton of film. 
uh, putting work in uh, before practice, after practice, asking the right questions. And um, I'm just really happy uh, with their progress. We still got a long ways to go uh, with all with everybody. The, the whole defense is, is young, uh, but that won't be an excuse for anything we do this year. We're we're expecting uh, high, uh, big things. I know your take on targeting, same as Coach Peterson. It either is or it isn't, and you got to deal with it. But how about the rules? What do you think of maybe like an NBA type rule where they have a flagrant one and then they have a flagrant two, and there's two oh. separate penalties, and one <laughs> wouldn't uh, you know one wouldn't kick a kid out for the next right. game. Yeah, you sounds like you put more thought into that, but that's actually, I mean, that's pretty good. I, I wouldn't disagree with that. I, I do like where the rule has been headed, where we just, we have to completely stay away from the neck area and up and above. That was a, definitely a tough one on, on Joe because Joe was trying to pull off, um, but he has to go lower. So that's the thing. And so we can't make any excuses. We talk about our strike zone is below the numbers and to the top of the knees. And Joe was definitely above that strike zone. And so we're not gonna we're not gonna cry about it. It is what it is. That's the rule. We gotta follow by the we gotta follow the rules. Do you increase his reps in the second half of this game just because you know you got a fresh body that hasn't played any in the first half? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean I think all of our guys can't go too many plays in a row, especially at that position. We still roll that position pretty good. But he, he should be fresh and ready to roll uh, when, we, when we roll him out there in the third quarter. How hard is it to prepare for two quarterbacks, not really knowing who you're going against? It, you know, it, what's interesting, it depends what type of offense you're about to see. And really, uh, this is really a, a compliment to this offense. Um, it's, it's plug and play. Uh, they have their scheme. They're going to run their scheme. All their quarterbacks have live arms. They're athletic. Uh, they're all smart. They, they've signed some big-time quarterbacks over the last few years. And I think that's why you haven't seen any of their production drop off, no matter if it was you know, JT Daniels on, and now down to Fink. I mean, it's, it's like the same thing. They're throwing for 400 yards, and, and the offense is rolling. Finally, uh, the sacks, they're up almost one per game. We talked about that last year. We mm-hmm. talked about it the year before, and now you guys are getting it up. Is that more personnel, or is that more a different scheme that you've been using this year? No, I, th- I mean, I give a lot of credit to Coach Kukowski, Coach Malloy. Um, you know, it's been an emphasis for a couple years now, and, and we've had some young guys that are now, you know, it's their turn and they're, they're coming on. Um, obviously, Benning's had a few there and, and Ryan Bowman, some older guys. But we threw in some young guys in there, too, that also got a few sacks. And so it, it's fun to watch, but we've still got a long way to go and we still got a lot of improvement. Thanks, Jimmy. Thank you. How's the Graham Harrell air raid different than the Mike Leach air raid? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good a question. I, the way I, I guess I would answer that is um, I think – I think Washington State's air raid is the original, um, the one-of-a-kind air raid. And I think everything after that is an offshoot, and they've kind of put their own spin and their own, and their own wrinkles um, into that offensive scheme. You know, like the Arizona Cardinals, they call that the air raid. Um, but if you watch it, you wouldn't see anything uh, what Washington State does. But there's certain aspects of it. And so, you know, I think of it, same as way back in the day when the Tampa 2 defense became became very famous. And after that, all these coaches got hired off of that coaching staff. Well, those coaches put their spin on the defense. It wasn't exactly what Tampa was running, but there were certain aspects that were similar to it. And so I would put uh, USC in that same frame of mind. And the Trojans are getting over 100 yards running per game. Mm-hmm. Tell me about their backs, because they're not yeah. typical student body pitch out right, Sam Bam, Cunningham, that right. sort of thing. Yeah, that's what makes this offense even more of a, of a challenge is um, they are definitely more balanced than what you would think of a typical air raid offense. 
So, you know, passing some, some of the passing uh, routes and concepts are similar to what you think of as an air raid. But then they got a, uh, a big time running game with three running backs that you have to deal with and an athletic quarterback. Um, go ahead. Coach, they look like they're willing to just go 50-50 ball. We'll win it. Uh, so how yeah. much do your guys have to win those individual battles Saturday? No question. I, mean, I think they have uh, three to four receivers that will probably get picked on day one or day two of the NFL draft when their time uh, is done You know, at USC. Got a lot of respect for those guys. Uh, a lot of those guys that we tried to recruit, we tried to get them here, and you know they, they, they ended up signing there. So um, very, very talented, and we, we'll have a tremendous challenge on Saturday afternoon. On those 50-50 balls, how do you like your chances with your guys? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, like I just said, uh, they, those are talented guys. They have a um, exceptional scheme. They have quarterbacks that can make all the throws. Um, and uh, whichever NFL team gets to draft those guys, they're going to be very, very uh, happy that they got a, uh, they got three big-time wideouts. Jimmy, when you face an air raid, is pocket push one of the keys to get in that quarterback's face and just be disruptive? I mean, I think anytime you face an offense that likes to throw the ball, but again, these guys have to run the ball too. Yeah. And so, um, I mean, we always, of course, want want to get pressure on the quarterback, make him uneasy in the in the pocket. We don't want him just sit there and and be able to be comfortable and, and throw strikes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's going to be not just this week; it's going to be the next week and the week after that. It's going to be the remaining weeks of the season that we want to get pressure on the quarterback. When you get into that penny look, how does that change things for the guys up front? Maybe those front three, those front four. You're talking about our some of our packages that yeah, we do extra, when you're pulling off a lineman or an outside right. for the DB. Does that yeah, for the guys up front? it just depends what we're calling. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, there's things where it's really good against the run. There's things where it's third and twenty, and it's really good against the pass. And so, and then there's, we have different calls every single week out of our different personnel groups. So. It's kind of a kind of a wide question. I apologize, but it it really depends what we're doing. We don't just do one thing out of our uh, different groupings that we put out there, and so it really depends what we're trying to stop on that particular play. What when, kind of development have you seen from Trent McDuffie um, from when he got here until now? He he's awesome. He's uh, very very detailed. He's a quick learner, quick study, and he really puts in the the film time that's needed. Uh, to understand, you know, our techniques and our coverages that we're going to do and, and our checks. Um, and so it's just been awesome to watch them in practice and, and be able to to pick up on things, see plays as they develop. And he's been able to do that in, in games now as well. So uh, it's fun watching his uh, his development. When you get up like you did in the first quarter against BYU, does the mentality change a little bit? Do you soften up the defense a little bit? Do your play calling change at all? Not at all. No, we're all, it's always 0-0 zero to zero until, you know, we got a huge lead with money, maybe one minute to go, maybe something changes there. But, um, I mean, that was the frame, that's the frame of mind every single game is 0-0. Zero to zero. Whether we're down, whether we're up, we're trying to score, get the ball back. When you looked at the film from the BYU game, what would you like about what your guys did and what you need to work on a little bit? Yeah, I loved uh, how fast and physical we played. Uh, we had some really good, really good hits, some good hits on the quarterback. Uh, thought we uh, we played a lot of man coverage. We made a lot of plays on the ball, pass breakups, um, and really made it hard for them on third down. And we got turnovers. Uh, you know, they did a nice job with a few scheme things, um, got us on a couple of plays, but then we held back and, and didn't let them score. And so that's how defensive football goes. It's going to be a back and forth. 
they're going to have uh, wrinkles. We're going to have wrinkles. Some of their wrinkles are going to work. Some of ours are going to work. And thankfully, ours worked more than theirs. Asa Turner with an interception. How much does that, you're smiling already. Oh, yeah. how, how much does that boost the young guy's confidence out there? Yeah. No, I mean, everyone's happy for him. It's, um, it, it's awesome to watch. He's been another guy that's uh, been picking up in practice and making plays in practice. I think he had about five, five or six interceptions in training camp. So it was no surprise that, uh, that he caught that one. He's a natural. He played wide receiver at Carlsbad High School. He has natural talent uh, that way of plucking the ball out of the air. But his length, it was fun to watch, his technique, and him going up and getting it and just seeing his smile as he's jogging across the field, uh, coming with the football was, was fun to watch. He just looks like a guy who's going to naturally put on weight. He's going to be bigger in a couple yeah. of years. Mm-hmm. Where do you see his future? Is he going to be kind of that hybrid kind of guy? No. or is he... He's going to be a safety for us, like we've been saying since day one. You see his athleticism, how fast he is. He'll be 210 pounds. JoJo was 210, 212. Taylor Rapp was up to 210. And got down for the combine 207. He's even got a taller frame, so he's going to be about 210 to 215 and athletic, fast, and yeah, I'm glad he signed with the dogs. What, what makes him more of a fit for the nickel spot right now, though? Yeah, very similar to what we did with Kevin King for a couple of years. Uh, that length in the slot is, is really uh, a lot of, you don't see that a lot. And Kevin King had a lot of production, production at that position. Uh, about three or four interceptions, guys trying to throw the ball in the seams, and, and, you, and you can't get it there with that type of length. Usually those slots are smaller guys, and a lot of times the nickels are smaller guys, and so it's kind of like an equal battle. But when you get a guy like Kevin King, like Asa Turner with that size and that length and that athleticism, that changes things. You've got a couple of juniors in Elijah and Keith that are so close to that interception but haven't been able to grab it. Yeah. Is there any of a confidence issue there at all, or is it just the way things have worked out? How, how do you kind of assess that? Man, it's been awesome. I, I let them know every day. I go, uh, I'm, I'm running the DB, and I go, hey, Cam Williams, how many interceptions you got? He's like, I got one, coach. And I go, yeah, you, well, you played four games. You got one interception. Hey, Elijah, how many How many you have? How, how long you been here? Three. And it's been awesome. Oh, they get so they get so bad at me. Keith gets mad at me. Elijah gets mad at me. And I'm gonna keep letting him know every single day. I remember Jordan Miller way back. It took him forever to get an interception in practice, and I had a daily count, and it was like a hundred and like four days since he's never had an interception. And it's, every day they would go by, I'd put another day up, and he would just be he'd be so mad. <laughs> and so. Uh, you know what? I might put. I might. That's a great. I'm gonna put up a little, uh, a, a little ticker up there. A Keith Taylor, Elijah Molden interception ticker, and um, I'm gonna count the days up since they got on campus. There's gonna be a huge number right on the board. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate that. <laughs> it's gonna be good. Hopefully, that'll be the motivation to get them through. How, how many times did you replay the interception that he dropped in the end zone where he looked like he basically? Oh. Just... Why did you have to remind me about that? <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I think I lost everything on the sideline. I don't know everything. My game plan, my pens, my hat, my headset was on the ground. I was just looking up like, what just happened? That would have been a game change. You know, obviously, we shut him out in the second half, and then, you know, we turned the ball over, and then we turned the ball right back over. We could have, you know, kept him out of the end zone the whole second half. But, yeah, got to make the play. We've had, we've had a couple of those this year, Dom in the first game and then Keith in that one. Have you found that, that you guys are – competing directly against USC for recruits more often in, in these recent classes than when you first got here? Um, you know, no, I, don't, I don't think so. I think um, how it's been since we've been here, which I totally understand, there's some Southern California guys that grew up USC fans, and, you know, and they're going to go to USC regardless. So we try to choose our – we try to pick our battles wisely. We just know they're going to go there, just like 
you know, like a Taylor Rapp guy that grew up a Washington fan. He wanted to come to Washington. And so we, we understand that. But now there's a lot of guys that uh, we've battled and won over the, over the years, guys that are on our squad right now that decided to sign here. But there's also a lot of guys that uh, we're going to be playing against that uh, ended up signing down there. I think it's a healthy recruiting battle. We got a lot of respect for them. Um, and I think we'll continue to go up against them uh, throughout the future. Is it, a, is it a point of pride at all when, when you look through your guys' signing class and it's like, this is a California guy with a USC offer. This was a California guy with a USC offer. I guess we're, I'm just glad they signed here. You know, they, these you guys know how this thing goes. The guys that we're recruiting have 25 offers across the country, mm-hmm. and so it's really not just against one school. I mean, they've got Big Ten offers. They got offers in the SEC. You know, the Notre Dames of the world. Everybody. So um, we're just happy they signed here. We're, we're happy we get to develop them. You got them. you've got a lot of NFL guys. How high a level is uh, Elijah Molden playing at right now? He's playing at a high level, uh, you know, just like we just talked about earlier. We'd like to, to see him make some more game-changing plays with some interceptions. But his leadership's been awesome right now. His tackling, his coverage, pass breakups, all those things, getting our defense lined up. He's a very, very smart player, and um, he's on track. Now we just gotta, we just got to get him to catch that ball. Bush Hamden. Provides, uh, you know, explosive playability and, and – uh, you know, we would love to get him back. All right, give me an idea of what you'll see from the USC defense here Saturday. Yeah, really, really talented. I mean, we think this is one of the, uh, you know, best best front sevens we'll play all year. Certainly a lot of talent, a lot of guys that we've recruited. Uh, you know, we know them very well. So they got the talent, man, and uh, this defensive coordinator has always done a tremendous job. It's already hard to score in the red zone, and they're even more stingy. What makes them so? Yeah, just physicality. You know, I think they, they really, uh, again, the ability to stop the run, they play it tight on the outside. Uh, schematically, want to want to give you a lot of different looks. This is this is a challenging test. Is this offense kind of where you were hoping it'd be after four games, kind of behind in front of the of the progress report? What do you make of kind of the one third pole of the season so far? Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know if you ever think about it one way or another, other than just uh, one week at a time. You take a neutral mindset, right? You get super high, you think, oh, we're doing great. Next thing you know, you come out, and you don't have a performance you want. So we're we're really focused one day at a time, one practice at a time. Want to put good plans together, get these guys confident, play one game at a time. The fans that watch Easton play, a lot of oohs and ahs from the crowd uh, with some of those throws. Has he made throws that have even maybe impressed you so far this year? Yeah, certainly. <laughs> certainly. Uh, you know, there, there's no doubt about it. Um, I think the the touchdown throw at, at BYU to Aaron Fuller and that mm-hmm. tight of window, I think naturally as a coach, you're, you have that top view and you're kind of not looking at the – at the up front, you're looking at the windows open, and that ball gets in there tight now. And so, again, for him, I think the most important thing that I've just told him is he, he needs to play the position like a guy that, that doesn't have unbelievable arm talent. You know, use those spots and all that, but from a decision-making standpoint, uh, you know, play, play if you will, like you don't have that big arm. And just uh, take what they give you, and when that arm shows up, it'll show up. But uh, it's always going to be about decision-making. It's always going to be about accuracy. It's always yeah. going to be about toughness, and that, that arm talent thing is a plus. Is this running back room as deep as it's been since you've been here? I mean, you have a big day on the ground without Savon. Now hopefully getting Savon back for the game on Saturday. Talk about the depth you've got in that room. Yeah, well, we feel we, we felt comfortable with a lot of those guys for a while, and that's, that's uh, you know, the bonus there is, is what Rich Newton's been able to do. 
You know, and a young guy, you never know how he's going to kind of uh, react to it and, and the bright lights and whatnot. And so Sean's done a tremendous job. We were really proud of him last week for stepping up. He was a critical guy that needed to, and he did. Uh, obviously, Kamori's there. Um, you know, so so certainly a deep group. Are there still Bush some cobwebs? You think in the red zone, or are those kind of starting to move in the right direction? Well, I hope we, I hope they're starting to move in the right direction. So again, we're you know I think the biggest thing is we're, we're calling it aggressive. We got to go make plays down there. That's what it's going to come down to. Uh, run the ball, make plays on the perimeter, and mm-hmm. see where we're at. What'd you see on film after the BYU game that excited you? Um, you know, I think it was good just to um, really watch Shine get a true opportunity to go out there and do some things in a run game that were exciting. Um, I think as he continues to kind of develop and mature through the program, he just kind of gets better and better. Um, I think the thing that we know is exciting with Rich is he's a downhill runner. He's physical. He's tough. He's going to be a big, big running back and just kind of continue to work on our ball security to kind of take the next step in his game. But really excited for the group. One of the things that I noticed with Sean was yards after contact, and I hadn't seen that from him as much as I did in BYU. Was that a step up in his game, or is that something you've seen before? Uh, you know, I think it's something you kind of get little notes of and tidbits here and there, especially like during fall camp and spring ball. Um, I think this was really the first time when we got into the season where he really was able to take the, take advantage of those opportunities. I don't know if anybody remembers, but last year against UCLA, he had some really big carries at the end of the game. Um, and, you know, he had to carry some guys and break a couple tackles to kind of end the four-minute drill. So Sean has it in him, and I'm really just excited with how he's developing. It's a bit coincidental. You guys, the Seahawks and the Cougars, all talking about ball security in one week. It's on the deck. Uh, how do you overemphasize that to continue to hang on to the rock? You know, obviously it's one of those things where you just kind of got, get guys carrying the football high and tight like it's second nature. And, you know, everybody knows that, that you know, that's played the game, that there's those uh, situations that happen in the football game where, you know, you might get a lapse in that, in that ball security or, you know, get twerked a certain way and the ball comes off of you. But really you're trying to get that emphasis where that ball security holding the football high is high and tight. Then you think about covering it up with two hands when you get in the contact zone. And, you know, really it's no magic pill. You just get back to the fundamentals of holding on to the football, not going out and changing anything that we've done. I think, you know, you obviously do a couple more ball security drills, but as far as what we're preaching, it's all the same. And then what about the Wildcat handoff? How do you emphasize that to get it in the bread basket first? That was part of the play. You didn't know that? Yeah. No, You know, obviously it's just really de- me, me detailing it up a little bit more for, for Rich and for Sean. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, we don't want the ball on the ground, but there's some things we can do with that play to make it a little bit more efficient where we don't have to worry about that ball coming out. You obviously got a wealth of talent at the running back position right now. Um, running back by committee, you got three guys that can go, man. Is this something that you predicted, foresaw before the season started? You know, it's interesting. I I can't say it's like, oh, I thought I thought it was going to be, you know, three or four guys playing. I just think, you know, I'm trying to get guys in the best position where they can be productive, and they're doing a good job of doing that.